Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. We got a big one this week, Michael. We're discussing Citizen Kane from 1941, produced, directed, and co-written by Wonderkind Orson Welles. This movie is considered by many one of, if not the greatest films of all time. It like tops the American Film Institute's 100 years, 100 movies list in 1998 and in the 2007 update for a very long time. It was voted number one in five consecutive British Film Institute sight and sound polls. It was recently toppled by Vertigo, a movie which, full disclosure, I like more than Citizen Kane, but Vertigo doesn't have any skateboarding in it and Citizen Kane does. So we are discussing that. It is interesting. There's not a lot. So I, the, the the one observation I made uh, right off the bat was that, uh, you know, during the time that we've been doing this podcast, we've watched, there's been movies that have a lot of skateboarding, but the skateboarding, you know, is interchangeable to, it's not necessarily integral to the plot. Like, you know, thrashing could have been uh, paintball or you know or surfing or whatever and then we've also watched a lot of movies where there's very very little skateboarding and it's it's you know and it's just an excuse to watch and talk about the movie just because it simply has a skateboard in it and the, the interesting thing about Citizen Kane is that even though there's a very very little amount of skateboarding in it it's almost entirely integral to the plot of the movie. Without the skateboarding, there, there's almost no movie. And part of that is just Wells is such a master. I feel like every aspect of this film is so deeply considered. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, the way that the whole story plays itself out, you're almost like a half an hour into the movie before you reach the crucial scene where the young protagonist rides his skateboard down a, a short hill and then, you know, eventually gets the bad news about uh, being separated from his family. But I mean, uh, essentially, it's the linchpin for the entire rest of the story. The idea that he's spent the rest of his life trying to get that back with get that back. Yeah. With the the skateboard rosebud, with the rosebud skateboard, yeah. And it's what well, it's interesting to me because skateboarding like did not exist in 1941, and yet Wells like foresaw it and was able to like put it into his movie. Sure, and it's 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 interesting because a lot of those movies, a lot of movies that you see, like you know, they can't help but be affected by the time in which they were being made. Like you know, Greece, even though it's supposed to be set in the 60s, is very obviously a movie that was made in the 70s. And and you have to wonder if if Wells, you know, having spent a lot of time in California and seeing the surf culture, you know, you almost feel like he like saw the future. Yeah, well, I mean, it's there's the seeds were planted, I think, too, in his famous uh, late 30s War of the Worlds radio broadcast, where he was so convincing describing an invasion of skateboarding Martians that like people like famously were trying to flee the city and power outages happened. And he had to like go back and say like, no, no, this is this is just a radio play. Right. The wheeled beasts. Yes. And 
people were so afraid of that, that the, like the collective trauma is you didn't see much skateboarding after that until he brought it back in Citizen Kane. It is interesting that there are some parallels to the other movies. I mean, the opening shot, you know, uh, no trespassing sign, which is something that every skateboarder has had to deal with. You know, it's, that's been almost like a, a running thread in almost every movie where the protagonist wants to skate mm-hmm. and is is, uh, is is turned away by a sign. Now, it's interesting that the sign is on uh, Kane's own property, which is interesting that he sort of turned his back on the on the culture that he sort of helped build. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, this film is an American tragedy. It's almost Shakespearean in its scope, uh, which, you know, as we know, Wells would go on to play Falstaff in a version of Henry the Fourth, part one called Chimes of Midnight. So, I mean, obviously Shakespeare and his theater work is, was very like deeply ingrained along with the skateboarding. I mean, making Falstaff a Venice Beach skateboarder was a bold choice. And obviously the, the films Wells made following Kane, like added up to diminishing returns as studios kept interfering, making him take the skateboarding out. They're like, there's a whole sequence in the Magnificent Ambersons that was destroyed by the studio. Because it was, it, it's just, did they, did they feel as though he was sort of like hanging too much weight on the, on the, the narrative is almost like it became a trope in his own work that I think part of it's that I think with Kane, like Wells, who, who, you know, was this celebrated Broadway director, he got a blank check at, in Hollywood to like do whatever he wanted. And he made Citizen Kane, which has like come to be regarded as a masterpiece, but at the time wasn't a huge hit. And I think studios just were kind of like, I mean, it's not like studio notes are always result in the best film. Yeah, when when the studio decides to be really hands on, that's 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 never a good sign. It we almost you almost have to wonder if it was sort of like the you know a, a sort of a Planet of the Apes effect where you know once he had the success with Citizen Kane and there there were elements of skateboarding, you almost have to wonder if they sort of like were trying to shoehorn him into being the guy making these epic American films that, you know, that sort of revolved around the culture of skateboarding. And eventually he, he almost like allowed himself to become a cliche. Everyone talks about that long tracking shot of the skateboarder at the beginning of touch of evil. And, you know, that's, that's rightly celebrated, but touch of evil, like is, is not citizen Kane. Certainly not. One could say that Citizen Kane is his purest work. It's the Citizen Kane of movies. I know this is going to sound like a hot take, Kevin, but you know, you know what I was thinking while I was watching Citizen Kane is that it's a very, very good movie. I, I only wa- I watched Citizen Kane for the first time last year because it was a pandemic and I was bored and I was like, I'm going to watch one movie from each year since 1920. A project I really enjoyed uh, following of yours, Kevin. And I, uh, you know, for 1941, I was like, I'll watch Citizen Kane and... I had not seen it before. It was a blind spot for me. And I was like, wow, this is really good. Although I did notice that um, there's an episode of The Simpsons called Rosebud, which is, you know, like a lot of episodes from like the mid 90s Simpson, one of the greatest television episodes to ever air. And I knew that that his teddy bear was like the skateboard in Citizen Kane, but I didn't realize like how much of a shot for shot parody that episode was. Well, right. It's it's funny. It's it's the that Citizen Kane is so sort of like part of the the vocabulary of filmmaking that I I I I'm, I feel the same way. Like I hadn't the first, by the time I had seen Citizen Kane, I was very well aware of the reference to the skateboard you know, that, you know, and what it represented in the movie, even though I hadn't seen the movie yet. It's, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about how, how indispensable having like HBO 
as a as a as a young kid was because in the time before streaming, whenever a movie would come on at the top of every other every other hour, whatever the movie was, you would just watch that movie because that's just what was on. And so there's a lot of these classics uh, that I saw, you know, in my formative years, your Max Dugan returns, your A Chorus Line, um, and and among those, A Citizen Kane. And I, I, you know, I remember being, I was probably 13 when I saw it for the first time. And I remember being really taken aback by, you know, the, 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 the cinematography that I felt was really, I, in my mind, I felt as though it was ahead of its time. And then the fact that there was an element of skateboarding in the movie as well was just, you know, I was, I was hooked from the start. So when you saw Citizen Kane on HBO as a 13 year old, did you know that it was like considered the, you know, it was like one of the greatest films ever? Not at all. That was the, that, I think that's the thing that, that strikes me when I think back on it is I watched every movie that came on with the same, you know, you know, this is like pre-internet, pre me even really being very steeped in pop culture. So whatever movie came on, I treated it with the same, all right, I guess I'll just watch this now. But it was, it was pretty quickly into the movie where I realized like I'm watching something special here. You know, um, just the, the scene at the very beginning when he when he says Rosebud and drops the the snow globe and then it hits the floor. And when the when the nurse walks in and it's like this, this point of view through the snow globe as a 13 year old, I was aware like, holy shit, that's a beautiful shot or the shot of him with like the the infinite mirrors where he's walking through the, the hallowed halls of his of his giant Xanadu fortress with the skate park built into the into the backyard. I, you know, that, that actually, it made me wonder if that was a, a, a if Mumford was referencing Citizen Kane when he had his, when he had his built-in skate park. I think it probably was. And uh, I, clearly when Kane is screaming at his wife, it's just an aggressive form of skateboarding. That's what Thrashen is. Thrashen was referencing that. Sure. And it's funny. Like, it, so again, I feel like we watched we watched the film as sort of like a, well, you know, pay homage to an obvious classic, but I was very surprised by how many, how many nods to other movies we watch. I mean, again, same thing, but I think it's only two minutes into the movie. Guess what you got? Monkeys. Immediately hearkening me back to uh, most vertical primate, which we have watched only a few weeks ago. Which is another bold visionary film. I would say that uh, most vertical primate is the Citizen Kane of monkeys wearing shoes and skateboarding movies, Kevin. And I think the British Film Institute and the American Film Institute would both agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's frankly that bold of a statement. You know, it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty clear what you're working with there. So I think it, it's fair to say we both very much enjoyed this movie and recommend it to skateboarders and non skateboarders alike. Yeah. So some of the details I looked up uh, as, you know, after I watched the movie, I always sort of look up the the stunt personnel. And it was interesting that the the kid who plays young Kane, Buddy Swan, did his own skateboarding in that scene. Uh, oh. He They had a stunt double at the ready. Uh, um, and he was like, well, let me give it a, I mean, it's a very short, it's just this little sh- quick ride down a, down a hill. Uh, and he he was he handled it ably and uh, apparently went on to become uh, a quite a skateboarding enthusiast based on on that that quick shot. 
Okay. I mean, that would make sense. I mean, I mean, the skateboarding is obviously doesn't detract, but everyone's like paying attention to Greg Tolan's deep focus cinematography. Sure. Which, you know, he later brought to skateboard kid. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and that was the interesting thing that I found out is that the the kid who plays uh, young Kane, Buddy Swan, uh, is also he it turns out he is the grandfather of the great russ howell who has an appearance in um hard ticket to hawaii which is another film we've already watched in this series so that that's interesting so join us next week when we will be discussing akira kurosawa's masterpiece rashomon uh where different skateboarders recount a horrific event sounds riveting Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at gleamingthetube, Twitter and Instagram at gleamthetube, and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime. Skateboarding is not a crime.